Podcast. Your divine self already exists. It doesn't need your mind or your ego to create it. And let go of any dictates that you have to walk a certain way, be a certain way, speak a certain way to be spiritual. In every moment you already are spiritual because you are a divine spirit. And your divine spirit is simply waiting patiently for the day when you make the choice to connect with it and to allow it to walk with you in your life on the earth. It's not for you to set aside a day and become spiritual on that day. It is to open your heart to the spirit that you already are and to be your spirit every day. So let go any beliefs of what that should be and how that should look for you. Simply open your heart and make that connection each and every day and just let your spirit be present. Welcome, beautiful beings, to season two of the Cosmic Love Antenna podcast with your host, Harrison Ma. This podcast sets the loving intention of creating the mystical space needed to pull back the layers restricting health, alignment, and love. Now let's walk you home to your cosmic spiritual heart space. Good morning, afternoon, evening, beautiful souls. Welcome back to the show and today's lovely deep dive into a powerful mystical and spiritual topic and you can probably hear it in my voice. I'm very humbled, very grateful and very in a deep state of love to introduce this beautiful guest I have on the show today and have this conversation to share with you. But before I get to her and her heart, I want to remind all of the wonderful listeners that are joining the show today that are new to this podcast and platform and, and discussion. If you get a lot of value out of this chat today, and if it opens up your heart in a new way, you can share this out far and wide to a friend, a family member, and a lover. You can also go over to Spotify and, and the beautiful Apple podcasts and leave your feedback and reviews with anything that you get from this chat. The lovely, powerful soul I have on the show today is the mystical Ishtar. Ishtar is is a mentor of mine, but adding more widely, she's an ascended master embodied channel. She's a spiritual teacher, a counselor, and a powerful, loving heart. Today, we're going to have a conversation about what it all means to be a divine channel. What are the gifts and the unique frequency of love that we can express through it? How does this impact our inner child, our karma? What are some tips for beginners? And so much more. Ishtar, welcome to the Cosmic Love Antenna. Thanks, Harrison. It's great to be with you. Really wonderful to be here. Yeah. um, I'm really grateful to have this conversation with you, Ishtar. And I was just sharing with you before we started recording, I sat down in deep meditation (laughs) before this conversation because I I really wanted to be an example today of what it looks like to be an open channel because I do it a lot on this show. So I guess where I'd love to start with you, Ishtar, because I think a lot of people listening to your voice today might be new to who you are and the work that you do in the world. I'd love for you to share briefly a bit about your journey to become the embodied ascended master channel that you are. What, what do you share with people when they ask you this question? 
well, it's a bit of a story, Harrison, but I'll try and keep it short. <laughs> um, you know, I've been channeling the Ascended Masters for 20 years now. And uh, and I, I'm, I have to say I was a very reluctant channel of the Ascended mm. Masters. I sort of, when it was first offered to me, when they came to me, which they did, St. Germain came and asked me, I really sort of turned it down and, and, and didn't really want to go there. Um, but they reminded me that, you know, it was within my power to do this. And uh, and they they worked with me. And to be honest, it was quite an amazing journey because I did six years of training with them directly, which meant every single day I was doing meditations, journeys, spiritual learnings. Um, it was like being in this very deep mystery school with the Ascended Masters. And they were channeling through me every sort of week on a Friday mm. to a group of people. And so, and they were, they were what I didn't know. I mean, when I first asked me, I had no idea what I was in for. And, um, and so, you know, I channel a group of 33. I'm, I'm connected to 33, a council of 33 masters. And to be able to channel them with ease and grace, they each one had to come and embody through me, which means they had to, anchor a cord of light or three cords of light actually through me from their consciousness to me and that was a pretty big thing and I had no idea that this was going to happen and 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 it was actually quite painful and and it was you know it happened over a period of time and and it goes you know the cords would go down through the back of my neck and down my spine and into the earth and Ishtar what what is that called that's called that process of them braiding, of braiding, yeah, or braiding, yeah. yeah. But um, you know, as I said, I was extremely reluctant to do this work, but they did remind me that in a past life, on Sirius, I had done this work before mm. and had channeled for them, and I had shut it down. Mm. So it was, you know, it just flowed, and I mean, I can go into the story. Yeah. I don't know whether you're looking well, for the. Well, yeah. Ishtar, that, that's a beautiful, so I, what I, my intention was for you to share a bit about that beautiful story just to get people sort of into, tuning, world, tune right? into yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So now, well, now actually what I'm going to do, Ishtar, is I want to I ask some questions connected to what you just shared because I think a lot of people tuning into it. Well, I guess let's where we're going to take it from here, Ishtar, is I within my community that listens to this chat, there are a lot of, powerful light workers and there's lots of new people to this world mm -hmm. so I, I think i'm going to throw you some questions as the beginner okay. here yeah. so i think let's go back to being a channel right because a lot of the yeah. questions a lot of the questions i'm going to ask you are connected to this as the foundation so i'm wondering ishtar how do you define being a channel to someone from your personal experience okay well, my, my learning with the masters and what I share with you is something that's come from the masters. And I didn't know this when I started that, in fact, we all channel. Mm. You know, every single one of us is a channel because we are, a, we are a spiritual being that's channeling spiritual consciousness through ourselves and, and into the physical world. And the question we have to ask ourselves is what are we channeling? Mm. And for the most part, we're invariably channeling our personality, the ego self, and a lot of our shadow aspects, the shadows of ourselves, because that's what we do, you know, it's what we know. And it's the lower vibration of our being. 
Until we make a choice to begin to channel the higher vibration of our being, we will continue to channel the lower vibration of our being. And, and there's no judgment in that. It's simply what we do. But um, And so we're moving that energy through us and we're sharing that energy. So channeling is actually about receiving and sharing. So what are we receiving and what are we sharing? And, and it's really important to really come to a place of awareness within yourself to find out where you're receiving from mm -hmm. before you share it. Where is this coming from that I'm about to share with this person? You know, we, we often hear I'm going to speak my truth, but where is this truth actually coming from that we're sharing with someone? And, and, and is it a higher vibrational truth or is it a lower vibrational truth? Is it just coming from your emotions or your inner child or some part of you that's really stuck in old stories? Or are you really opening up to channel, to receive and then to share, which is channeling, the higher consciousness of you? And mm. we all have a higher consciousness of ourselves. So that's what channeling is. Beautiful, Ishtar. You mentioned the inner child, and I think for most of us, and I know for me, and I'm actually, I might ask you this question, Ishtar, but I speak a lot about the inner child on this on this podcast, and for me, that's often the parts of me that are in that lower frequency that are that I am channeling that is that is stuck in that lower density, stuck in fear, stuck in rejection, abandonment, judgment, all the things. Ishtar, what do you when you? I'm sure you're probably a bit beyond this at this point, but when you still are human and get stuck in that lower frequency, for you, is it often the inner child or what aspects do you channel that are not of that higher frequency? Oh, look, you know, Harrison, it's a great question. I've certainly done a lot of work with my inner child uh, over many, many years because the inner child is our biggest shadow aspect, and especially if it's traumatised or if it's really wounded and, and requires healing of some sort. So that really sticks with you, you know. When I drop into lower frequency these days, I have to ask myself, you know, I sit and I, before I do anything, I sit and I receive, where is this coming from? What is causing this energy? And how can I raise that vibration to a high level? And so I try to do that. Sometimes I'm very successful, sometimes not always, but, you know, that's, we're all human, we all do this. But I'm much more successful today than perhaps I've ever been in my life because I've been working with this for such a long time. And as I say to my students around the world, it takes practice. You really have to practice. You can't just think it's going to happen in the first time you do it. So you have to be gentle with yourself, kind with yourself, non-judgmental, and practice. And understand that that inner child that you're working with that's causing you to be the victim in everything is actually has a reason to feel like that and it's really asking you to listen. It's calling out for you to listen. And and often we don't want to. You know? I think that's an important message right there, <laughs> Ishtar. The, we'll, talk, we'll speak about this later, but it's often a big part of that group consciousness, right? This is one of the biggest lessons. And just for people that uh, are new and they're listening, I'm actually a, a part of one of Ishtar's schools at the moment and the school is actually the name of this episode is open to channel. And this has been probably one of the most profound lessons I've gained from you and your teachings through the masters, Ishtar, is this idea of 
holding our group consciousness, right? Seeing these different aspects, whether it be the inner child, whether it be parts of my mom, parts of my dad, ancestral elements, whatever it is, holding it in that field of love and not, I used to think that shadow work was pushing those pieces away, right? Pushing them into a corner and ignoring them. But now it's really an understanding of acknowledging those aspects and then embracing them in love. Yeah, yeah. And if I may add to that, Harrison, is that Please. when we when we really understand that we're an energetic being, you know, and and sometimes we understand this and sometimes we don't, and sometimes we say we do and then we really don't. But when I mean, when I say that, I really mean it, that we are made of energy, we're consciousness, we're not this physical density that we fit in. This is a vehicle that only a small part of our consciousness sits in at this time. And that is very hard for, for many of us to understand, but, but that's the truth of it as I know it. And, you know, we sit in this, this part of ourselves, but the majority of what sits in this lower part of ourselves is those parts of ourselves that, that aren't serving us, that have been caught up in some sort of trauma, some sort of um, negativity, some sort of separation, and that's why they're sort of still sitting in that lower density. And there's a reason for it. You know, we've created this energy, this consciousness for all sorts of reasons. And there's no need to judge it. It's simply there. It's what it is. It's part of who we are. And until we actually bring that part of us back to our light, and this is what I really wanted to say, that energetic being that was first birthed from source that is each one of us was pure light. We were given pure light to go out and manifest into physicality. And as we've done this over and over, that pure light has actually, some of it's gone into separation because of its trauma, its pain or whatever. And so that part of it is why we call it the shadow because it's actually sitting in shadow consciousness in separation. separation. Yeah. yeah. So what we need to do is to bring that back to its truth, back to where it started, back to its divine light mm -hmm. so that our being, once more, instead of being a being that's sort of light with lots of different dark shadows in it becomes a being of pure light and and, and really it's that simple it's that simple yeah it's such a beautiful image when you say that Ishtar, i close my eyes and i can see it so clearly through my yeah. clair clairvoyance because it's just it's an, a divine truth right that's inside yeah, that's of us right. yeah i want to let's step back a little bit here Ishtar. when you're giving your beautiful introduction of your quick synopsis of your story you talked about, you know, the ascended masters and not just one ascended master, but a, there's a group of them, 33 in the council that we work with. And I'm wondering if you could speak to this idea of group consciousness, right? The, the masters are in a group of 33, but this theme of uh, higher consciousness working in groups is is consistent throughout our, as we start to go up into the higher dimensions. So I'm wondering if you could maybe speak to the importance of this, Ishtar, what bubbles up around this question? Uh, well, I, I think it's a, it's a really big question you've asked me, so <laughs> we take a day talking about it. But anyway, I'll try and be concise with it a little bit. Um, to be in group consciousness is actually about co-creation. You know, humanity itself is in group consciousness because we are a collective of souls mm -hmm. with a purpose. We all hold the same purpose. While we don't think we do, this collective has a purpose. 
And we're, you know, we have our own group consciousness, which is the energy of ourselves. And it's either in oneness or it's in separation. So when we've got a lot of shadows, our group consciousness, which means the consciousness of our own being, is in separation when it has a lot of shadows. But when the beings ascend, I mean, there are thousands of ascended beings. Not all of them work with the earth, but there are thousands and thousands of them. But when the being ascends, that means they move out of physicality and into their light body. And they are pure light. They're in a light body. They're not in physicality. So, um, and they work in co-creation. They work with intention. They work on councils that have purpose and intention. And my understanding with the masters is, and over long experience working with them is, yes, one master steps forward to speak, but there's a whole council working with them. So it's a co-creative consciousness that's being shared. Each master has a particular gift that they've mastered just like we each have a particular gift that we will master or have mastered, and they will often share the council's perspective from that perspective because that's what's being called for at the time. Mm. But they're always working in a co-creative consciousness, yeah. Yeah. Well well done, Ishtar. You did that. You kept that <laughs> so concise. Well done. Uh, that was beautiful. And I think what I would just add to it before we go to another question here is, it also it it makes sense to me, Ishtar, that these masters work together because this idea that we are that I Harrison am here by myself and that Ishtar is over there by herself, you know, is the biggest illusion of all, right? So, of course, when we go up to the higher frequencies, the normal is group, right? The normal is together yeah. because that is really what we come from, right? Unity, right? Ishtar, one of the questions that I get a lot, and I'm sure you do too, <laughs> is when we start talking about channeling, there is this inevitable progression into gifts, into sharing our gifts. Like we're not just ideally we want to channel, you know, higher dimensions and higher aspects and different aspects of ourselves, but then we want to express that channel into the 3D realm. So I'm wondering, Ishtar, if you can speak to this idea of using our channel to then express our 3D gift. So for me, for example, a big part of my gift at the moment is my voice and sharing my voice. And my channel often comes through my voice. So what does this look like maybe for you, Ishtar? And what would you what what advice would you give to someone that wants to open their channel to express their gifts? I think, Harrison, the thing is when you work with higher consciousness, you're always guided by higher consciousness. So the higher consciousness itself will choose, if you will, or guide you to how it's going, you're going to express it, you know. And the higher consciousness is always going to work through highest potential. It's not going to work through your lowest potential. So the higher consciousness will guide how you do that. I mean, when I work with the masters, it's always through voice because I'm sharing their wisdom through voice because I'm offering wisdom teachings. Um, when I work with my higher self, um, I'll often work through sound and I'll often, you know, and voice as well, but a lot through sound and also through voice. I'm not, you know, I've always said I'm not a, a, a an artist or a code maker or a drawer or any of those sort of things. And yet um, the master's, 
got me to do cards. Oh, yeah. You can see them behind me. But for people listening, yeah, Ishtar has some beautiful codes behind her that she exactly what she did. Sorry. Yeah. But but to do that, it wasn't one of my natural gifts. It was actually channeled. And I, and I was like, for me personally, for my personality, it was like having teeth pulled out, you know, because it was so hard to do because, you know, I really didn't think I could do this. And so, but I've created quite a lot of very powerful codes, but through the channel, through the master. But that's not my gift, my personal gift. My gift as yours is the voice. Um but, but the masters channel, you know, the codes. And I don't sit and draw codes. I've got lots of friends who are amazing code masters and they'll sit and draw codes day after day and they're incredible because that is their gift. Mm. But uh, I think my gift is more about voice and being able to bring people together. And I think that's really part of my gift. You do that beautifully, Ishtar, and I've only seen, got to experience a little piece of it but i i just from the little piece that i've experienced it's just exploded my world so i just want to share some gratitude and some love for you in that moment and your that gift itself <laughs> i um just a point here with you know you you creating these these beautiful designs and codes behind you and but it paradoxically also being something that the ego mind is resistant towards just for people listening I've noticed that that has been one of the biggest signs and symbols for me that I'm actually channeling when I, so how I, how I see it, for example, is when I, when I'm journaling and writing something, when I'm connected to my channel stream, and then I'll, I'll go back and write it. I'll go back and read it again. And it will feel, it'll feel different. It'll, it'll feel like the same frequency that I was in, even when I go back to look at it. So it's, I think just this tip here for people, it's this is how we know we're in the stream when it's beyond the mind, right? That's right. And that's and when you talk about the stream, you're talking about a vibrational frequency of consciousness. Yeah. And you know, if, and when you know when people channel, if if they're able, if they're really channeling higher consciousness, my experience is that you really should be able to feel that vibration touch you somewhere. And if you can't, then invariably they might be channeling their mind. Um, and that there's a lot of that going on, I know, and that's that's fine. But I prefer to listen to higher consciousness in someone's mind, um, personally. But um, but also, you know, the other thing is is there's also there's two ways of channeling. Um, you, you channel and you well, there's several ways. You channel and you share it through your voice. You channel it and you share it through art or or, or whatever. You channel it and you share it through sound. Light language. Yeah, which is light language, sound, mantras, whatever. Uh, a lot of singers, you know, you channel it through and you share it through writing. I mean, there's lots of books that have been written that are obviously channeled, but even if the person doesn't know. Uh, and there's also a lot of channel books written. Um, and, um, of course, dance and music is all part of channeling. Lots of musicians channel. Uh, they're bringing it through in music. They're bringing it through in dance and movement because the body becomes, becomes a living channel, you know. So there's there's all of those sort of things where the the vibration is moving through you, and and that's part of the channel. And also there's the download where it's just given to the mind and you share it immediately. And and that's another way of channeling. Um, Esther Hicks does that. She receives and then channels. She just shares it immediately from her mind. Yeah. And that's and I that's a, so I'm happy you brought up this point with Esther Hicks. That's so she and correct me if I'm wrong here. Uh, 
Ishtar, but she is different to what you do with the masters. You're, I'm wondering if you can make this distinction for people listening. You're an embodied channel where Esther Hicks is getting the downloads, correct? Yeah. And, and there's, you know, they're both very powerful channels and that's my understanding anyway. It's my understanding of it. So when I, you know, she receives and she quickly gives it to you, it's like really fast and it comes out you know, and that's that like staccato and that's the, that's the channel coming in and the mind's grabbing it and just sharing it straight away or the higher consciousness of the mind, of course, it's, you know, coming in in that way. It could be coming through the third eye and they're sharing it, could be coming through the, 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 some part of the, the consciousness in the mind um, and and that's being shared as opposed to an embodied channel is when the consciousness actually comes into the physical body. Now, when I channel a master, I'm not channeling the whole, the whole master doesn't come into my body because I would die if they did. <laughs> it would implode me or explode me. Um, just a small piece of the consciousness comes in and that small piece of consciousness, the vibration of that's enough to, you know, when I first did it for the first few years to put me in complete trance, I was in trance state for many for quite a few years. And then as they braided more with me, I could come out of the trance. But it still just expands your frequency itself, yeah. you know, to open and it up. Ishtar, question. I think you've answered this before, but I want I would, I would love for you to explain this to people listening. When you when that when the master comes in and is speaking through you, are you are you aware in that space? Like are, are you is is the Ishtar frequency uh conscious of the of the ascended master frequency that's speaking oh uh, yes now when i first started to channel the masters of course i was in trance so i was you know but i was aware that there was this huge consciousness you know really filling me expanding me touching me whatever now i know immediately when that stream comes in um because i can sense it immediately i mean just this morning I was working with the Mentors of Love and Wisdom where we're doing our end-of-year closing ceremony. And um, I was I was doing the meditation and the ceremony, and I wasn't at all prepared for the masters because they hadn't told me they were going to drop in, but they did, you know. So I, as soon as I felt that energy, it's a different vibration to me because I was doing As soon as I felt that, I just took a breath and, you know, I'm, I'm very used to it now, so I just let, it, let the voice come and come Move through, through you. Yeah. And... Um, and it comes through. So, yes, I'm aware, and then I just let go. Am I? Do I remember what's said? No. I might immediately after have a few, understand a few things or remember a few things, but no, I have mm. no, con, you know, real contextual understanding or memory of what's been said. So thank you for sharing that, Ishtar, and I feel the audience, a question that bubbles up around that, and then I want to actually want to get into another topic here, but I have to ask this because I know that, this has been a big part of my journey and it's actually something that I aim to support people with in that experience that you just defined a part of the mind and the ego can react to that experience with fear, right? Being, being taken, being taken over by something in general. So I'm wondering what advice would you give to people and what did you do Ishtar to move through that initial fear that might've came up, came up when that, when the ascended master comes in to, to speak through you with their frequency. Thank you, Harris. Well, I'm going to say one thing first is that there are very few ascended master channels on the planet. Um, and, you know, I mean, there's a lot of people that might want to be an ascended master channel, but seriously, um, you 
it, it'll only happen if you have a contract with them, if there is some sort of contract for you to, to do this. It's not going to happen because your mind says, I want to be an ascended master channel. Um, so I think that's really important to state that. But and what I encourage is for everyone to not channel the masters because that's not what we do, is I, I encourage you to channel your higher consciousness. And every student is given the name of that higher consciousness, which I channel for them, and some understanding about that, that higher consciousness. Because that's the higher consciousness of you that you're asked to channel and anchor because it holds specific gifts that you as a soul have agreed to anchor on earth at this time. So this should be the focus of anyone, you know, anyone, any student that's looking to a channel because you're already channeling, but what you're being asked to do is to now change your focus to the higher consciousness of you and not the lower consciousness of you. Now, you may receive messages from the masters, and we do encourage that during the work, but it doesn't mean you have to channel them necessarily. You're actually just you're receiving messages. It's a different thing um, than an embodied channel. Coming back to my story, when I was first asked by the masters, it was in a meditation, and I'll share this story now. It was in a meditation group. I was, t- I was doing holding meditation groups, and it was during this meditation group. There was quite about 30 people there at the time. And um, we'd just done a meditation, it was a guided meditation that I offered. And um, we were just sort of waiting for everyone to come back into the room, you know, in their consciousness. And as they did, I heard this, you know, as I were doing that, we were just, I was just sitting, I heard this voice, very clear voice in my head saying, um, we're the Saint Germain, we've come to offer your group a gift. And I, at that stage, I hadn't known about the masters a few years previously, but by that stage I did know about the masters. I'd heard of them and I had been doing a little bit of work with a school that was training with a channel of the masters. And I said, um, oh, well, that would be nice. And thinking, you know, he was going to say, well, I'm going to place a star in everybody's heart or a rose in everybody's third eye or whatever it might be. And I said, oh, thank you very much. That will be wonderful. And, um, And then I said, oh, well, what will the gift be? And he said to me, everyone can ask a question and I can and I will answer it. And I said, oh, I said, how are you going to do that? And he said to me, through you, beloved. And I said, no, you're not going to do it through me. <laughs> this is not going to happen. I can't, I'm not, I can't do that. And he said, yes, yes, beloved, you can do that. And he didn't use the word beloved. This is exactly what he said. And I said, no, no, I can't. It's not happening. So anyway, he what he did was in my in my fear, because this was fear coming up, and also the that I couldn't do it. And, and and another part of me didn't want to do it. You know, I had no, this was not my calling. I didn't want to be a channel for the Ascended Masters. I didn't ask for it. I didn't seek it. It came to me in that way. And so in the next breath, he said to me, just breathe, beloved. And so this wave of energy just moved through mm. me. And it took away everything, took away my fear, took away mm-hmm. just I just went into this state of, I don't know, peace, bliss, whatever. And um, and so I told everyone in the group, and of course, and of course, everyone in the group thought it was a great idea, except for me. And um, and so we started, and people asked, we went around the group, people asked a question, and he answered it. Now, at that stage, because I hadn't had braiding with the masters, my head felt like it was pushed down at the back by hand 
to my chin mm-hmm. and I couldn't raise it. I could not raise my head. And it wasn't easy to hear me because I was probably mumbling as he was speaking. But everyone seemed to understand what was being said. I had no idea I was in complete trance. Halfway around the group, I came out of my trance and I felt like I was going to vomit. I felt really sick. I said, I've got to stop. I can't do this anymore. It's all too much. I can't do it. And he said, just breathe, beloved. It'll be okay. And then the next minute, another wave of energy just went through me and I went back into peace again, back into the trance, and he completed channeling mm. for 30 people. Yes. So thank you for sharing that story. I've uh, I've only read it. I haven't heard you speak it before. So it's it was it was very powerful. It yeah. is, yeah. And just a reflection for you and for people listening, there's a lot of themes of surrender, right? A lot of themes of of letting go, right? Letting go into not just your own fear and 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 maybe stories, beliefs, trauma, pain from the past, but also the sort of divine will, divine presence, divine love that's coming in, in this case, in the form of the ascended yeah. master. But I know that has been really as you've been as you were sharing that story, I was just getting flashes of how I've seen that more and more in my channel, right? The the fear coming up. And I just wanted to make this dot with what you said before, whether it's an ascended master, or it's a our higher self or our divine presence internally. I've noticed, you know, there can be similar fear of unworthiness or not good enough, or I, what am I receiving here? And I think for me, that big tool of surrender has been a really big, powerful role. Ishtar, I'd love to ask you a question now about being a multidimensional being of light. And you uh, you referenced this before when you were talking about that light body that we are. And just a little bit of a story here, before I got into this work in your school and started doing this, opening my channel, I used to see that term within the spiritual community and really just have a lot of resistance to it and confusion. And most of it was probably fear as well. But it wasn't until I started doing this work and connecting, starting to connect to my higher self and just to make this clear, when Ishtar ref, uh, referenced, she channeled, she channels the students, uh, the names of their higher self. Ishtar has done that for me. So as I've started to connect to my higher self, I've really started to understand what it actually means to be that multidimensional being of light. So I'm wondering, Ishtar, if you can explain this a little bit more to people. So, and maybe, cause I know it's a whole topic in itself, maybe explain it through the context of how can I, Harrison, be here in this room with Ishtar now and also have, so my higher self is of Syrian uh, background as well, how can I have a higher self that is on another dimension from another planet but still also that being a part of me? Okay. Um... Easy question, easy question. (laughs) <laughs> well, you know, we come into the law of physics, I guess, and um, Einstein understood this very clearly and um, and lots of people have opened up to it and understood it. But, you know, in this, in this world, exactly where we're sitting, wherever you're sitting right now, wherever you are right now, all around you are very, a, a, a dimensional vibrations of consciousness, all around you. They're not up. It's not really linear or, or descending. It's actually all around you. And so 
you can you can be and 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 really what it is is dimensional consciousness is vibration it's actually speed of light speed of energy that's moving and and that depends on your consciousness so various parts of your consciousness is sitting in the 3d moving at 3d energy various parts of your consciousness is moving at other speeds of light and other speeds of energy now because of the the 3d energy you know it's um it's important not to try and let your 3D energy try and expand out into all the other dimensions because this is what happens a lot when we get, you know, um, uh, some what we call mental illness at times or, or, or when we blow, you know, we blow our whole stream basically. And so I really would be warning everybody to try not to do that because I do know there's a lot of movement. To, we want to be somewhere else, we want, but we aren't meant to be somewhere else. We're meant to be here. But I think to understand your multidimensional nature is to understand that you're not alone here. You are a small part of a very large consciousness of being. And you are the small part, this personality that you and I are having this conversation with, surrounded by numerous parts of ourselves, also listening to this conversation through different streams of, of vibration, are all present. And we're not just this one personality having this conversation. Hmm. And when we're in the physical body, you know, it vibrates at the third dimension. And that's and so it should because it's made of that of that energy. When we and I know a lot of people judge it and say we should all be out in the fifth dimension. Well, seriously, some parts of us are already in the fifth dimension, you know, other parts of us are in the seventh, the seventeenth. We're already there. It's not about taking this somewhere else. It's about actually anchoring what the somewhere else is here you know so it's not about getting out of here it's about being here in our beingness you know in our it's, it's whatever we can be and the thing is that a fifth or seventh dimensional consciousness is not going to come all the way to the third dimensional consciousness we need to actually activate our energy a little bit or enough to meet that other energy. So yeah. you need to meet it halfway. And then express it here. Yeah. Right. I think through your channel. Yeah. Through your channel. I think that's another way of describing that is spiritually bypassing. Right. Yes. Is it's that's, that's what spirit yeah, for people that might be familiar with that term. It's you know, yeah. going to that seventh, twelfth, higher dimension, whatever it is, but then you know, not expressing that through the 3D form here in this 3D world, right? It's yeah. it goes. Sorry, go, Isha. No, and Harrison, you know that you know what's called spiritual bypassing. It comes from fear, and 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 it's just really accepting that. And it's and it's natural for us to feel what we can't see, what we can't touch, what we don't know in this 3D world. And it's not, yeah, it's not easy for our spirit to be in this 3D place. You know, it isn't, and it's to honor that. But but the thing is, it can be a lot easier when we really start to connect and channel our higher consciousness because it comes and supports us. It gives us guidance. It opens up gateways and doorways for us to other parts of ourselves that we need to know about and that can really help us to anchor um, a new consciousness here. And that's what this is all about. So Isha, let's get let's get practical with that because I I, I agree with you and I think yeah. that's really a big part of the school I'm doing with you is really yeah. learning all about that, right? Learning. Yeah. That's why it's not, it's not a 
do it on the do it on the weekend and be done right the school that i'm doing with you is you know a year and a half right it's it's this muscle that you talked about before we're flexing and opening and practicing and expressing and connecting so i'm wondering ishtar if you could give some tips for us right i know i don't want it to be quick but i i do want people to take some practical things away from this conversation so let's say that other than and we'll talk about this at the end about your school and and doing teachings under your system but other than doing that what what's some advice or some practical tips you can advise someone for starting to open up to their multidimensional self whether it is just their higher self for now what are some ways that we can start to feel and connect that multidimensional nature moving through us here in this 3d form yeah well there are some sort of you know if you can open up to your higher self not even for now but you know that can be a lifetime's work and it's it's such an amazing thing to do and each one of us has a higher self that we've agreed to connect with and to anchor their gifts here on the earth and that's part of our contract with our own being so you know that may take lifetimes to do or we can do it here in this lifetime I always suggest to students that it's a lot better to do it now than having to come back again and again and do it over and over again you know um, and talk about practicalities I'm really well known for being very practical about this work so practicalities means don't get caught up in superstitions and stories I think the first thing is is have a look at your stories what stories are you running about your spiritual self because there's so many stories out there the dogma that's around in the new age spiritual world at the moment is just as great as the dogma in religion. Mm. You know, seriously, it's just there's so much. It's true. So many stories. So um, really be careful of attaching yourself to too many stories because, A, it's going to create a lot of fear. B, you'll find yourself lost in them. Uh, and C, you won't actually do what you're here to do because you'll just get caught on a detour somewhere. So be careful of that. The other thing is, be conscious of what separation energy is. Separation energy is when you go into reaction and when you are in resistance to things. Um, it's really important to identify this in your life because we consistently can be in reaction and be in resistance to stuff all our lives. Um, and it's exhausting. It actually is exhausting. And, you know, it doesn't serve us in any way. It just creates more and more limitations. So try and... Practice becoming conscious and aware of when you're creating separation in yourself. And you'll see it. There'll be it'll be mm. a mirror in your life as well. So, you know, be aware of that. I think yeah. I think yeah. feeling too, Ishtar, just as you're saying that, I think not just seeing that the divine mirror and the law of uh, reflection and play, but also feeling that separation energy yeah. in the body. Right. Feeling is really important. Yeah, I know that's been such a big game changer for me is noticing, and I'll make this even practical too, like noticing conversations, even as I'm having a conversation with you now, Ishtar, I can, you know, mostly thus far, I've just felt so totally open and expansive, but I can tune in in this moment to notice, okay, where am I feeling a bit of resistance? Where am I feeling a bit of separation? And we could do this in every conversation, right? Especially with our parents, with our children, with our friends, and it becomes now part of that beautiful devotional muscle that we were talking about this this piece of <laughs> separation energy brings up another question i want to ask you here ishtan i want to actually share a story with you and get then get your perspective on this i 
on this platform, I speak a lot about ancestral healing. So not just inner child healing, but also starting to go back down our mother line, father line, and uh, let go of that separation energy, whether it's beliefs, stories, karma, etc. And I had a beautiful chat with my mom a couple of days ago. And uh, we weren't talking about this school or anything. And she just suddenly brought up this experience that she had. And she's like, oh, something weird started started to happen to me. I've started to, you know, she's an artist and she draws all the time and she paints. And she was telling me how she's been getting this voice starting to come into her world. And she's been starting to hear. And it's not, she, the way she explained it to me was, it wasn't. It doesn't feel like an outside voice. It feels mm-hmm. like a deeper part of myself that I'm having conversations with. With, and immediately my mind went to, "Oh, it sounds like she's connecting to, you know, maybe a higher self, but maybe another aspect of her, her multidimensional being." So, I share this Ishtar to ask the question and get your perspective on this. Can we, when we start connecting to our higher self or different parts of our inner and channeling higher parts of our inner world can this impact our family can this impact our mother our father etc yeah that happens all the time harrison yes definitely yeah because you know you're very connected so definitely you can Mm. do you do you notice it in the way of so my i'll get i'll explain it from this angle like my mum, she's very spiritual but she hasn't done this kind of work before. So have you noticed it sort of awakening people that are, are probably a little bit, I don't want to say asleep, but new to this world? Yeah. Look, there's many things that can happen, you know, and I've seen this many times is one, firstly, we need to understand that anything you do can only affect the person, even if it's in your family, that you're very deeply connected to, if they're willing to open to it. So mm. they have a choice. So, you know, just because you're doing something doesn't mean to say, your family is all going to open to it because it's going to be up to them. They may not want to, and that's fine. But for many people who have already got an open heart and who are opening to, are willing to open to new ideas and, and new things, yeah, this affects them. And then you know, and then it's up to them to choose where they take it. Um, you know, it's like healing. You can't heal somebody just because you want to heal them. Um, you know, it's up to them to choose to open to receive that healing. If they choose that, then that's great, but they may not choose it and that we need to honour their free will to do so. Um, And it's the same thing with this, you know. But understanding, of course, that with your family lineage, they're connected through all the magnetic consciousness of you. So, you know, that's, you know, they're either, they're a soul extension somewhere either in your direct monad or in another monad that your divine presence to, yeah. And and not to mention your uh, DNA and genetic subtle yeah, energy bodies too, yeah. right? Yeah. And uh, as you were sharing that about family members being open, what that also highlights, and I think this is beautiful, is it it highlights as the individual the power of when we set a loving intention and mm-hmm. then the unexpected dropping down. So <laughs> it's it's I think of my mom, and I know she does this. She often sets the loving intention of you know, her highest good unfolding in the way that it needs to. And in this instance, it's me doing the work and now that's opening for her, right? And she's receiving because she's chosen that, that highest intention It's coming for her. Yeah. And also, you know, it's that awakening, you know, you're supporting her because that's what we do once again, coming back to what we talked about, group consciousness, collective energy. This is what, this is how it manifests. Yeah. 
That's so yes. exciting. Uh, thank you for your reflections on that, Ishtar. I uh, I want to go to another term here now that, uh, much like spiritual bypassing, is uh, I think has a lot of dogma around it, and I would love to have your perspective and your experience around it to maybe demystify some of it because I know it's you've helped me with this word, and it's karma. It's understanding what karma actually is. So I'm wondering, Ishtar, if you can explain through your work with the masters and your own obviously beautiful journey, how do you explain, where does karma play a role into our ability to open our channel? Yeah. Well, karma is another one. We're talking big stuff today. Yeah, yeah I'm uh, testing you, Ishtar. So, um, you know, karma has been... Especially in the Western world, karma has been very, very confused. And, 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 you know, people talk about karma as being, you know, brownie points that we have to gather up and, you know, and, and all of that. And, and also, um, you know, good and bad and, and, oh, you know, karma will get them in the end, you know, because somebody's done something that we don't agree with or we don't approve of. But, you know, if, we have to understand that karma is simply energy. And, it's energy that's flowing. It's energy that we're working with. We create our own karma. And it's either in alignment with divine will, which means it holds divine truth, or it's in separation to divine will and to divine truth. This is really where karma comes into. And it's either in separation energy or it's in oneness, one or the other. And so you have karma that's, that's in oneness and you have karma, which was called dharma, and then you have karma that is in separation, which is unresolved. So you have karma that's been resolved to light or is already part of light and has not dropped into its vibration, which is, or you have karma that has dropped in its vibration, is no longer connected to light and it's in separation. And so, but you have created it. And the two things, no one can, can shift your karma except for you because you've created it, so it's your responsibility to do something about it. And also because somebody can't do it, it's your karma, it's your energy, you need to be able to do it. There's no push button, oh, I'm going to touch you and it's all going to get fixed. And, um, and you know, secondly, it's really part of your growth and your experience is to really resolve this karma. Mm. And it's, 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 that, it's that simple. And it comes back to, you know, when the karma is unresolved, that's when you have, aspects of shadow instead of aspects of light because you know an aspect is just an aspect of our consciousness it's a part of us so is it an aspect of light or is it an aspect of shadow if it's an aspect of shadow it's going to have karma and it's going to have unresolved karma if it's an aspect of light depending on its in vibration it may have a little bit of karma unresolved karma but it's overall it's probably got mostly dharma so it's really understanding that and just coming to resolution with whatever energy you've created, which of course is the biggest challenge for us all. Yeah. I think, so thank you for that breakdown, Ishtar. I think one of the biggest sort of shifts that I've come to around what you just explained is, and I think a big part of this is the the difference between the religious perspective and the what you just defined is that there's, there's no judgment. No, there's, no. there's no there's no outside force that's looking at your karma or dharma and your resolution or unresolution and saying, oh, you're going to go somewhere or you're going to get something or you're going to you know, be pushed to a certain state because of this score. Yeah. And it's 
it's more of a, and you said it, it, not just this personal power and responsibility, but it's also one of the reasons we have different lifetimes, right? If we accrue yeah. certain amount of karma, we just, we come back again to have another experience. And, yeah. and I think, you know, when I feel into that, it just, it, it releases so much pressure. It releases so much, you know, tension and, and that fear consciousness that you were talking about. So thank you for that outline. Yeah. And can I just add that, please, please. you know, at this point in, in humanity's evolution, which is still, as the masters say, we're still in kindergarten. And, you know, I, I know we don't think we are, but we, in fact, we really are. And it's really understanding that, you know, we've created this whole belief in right and wrong and, and separation energy and that we're going to be judged. And so it gives us permission to judge everybody else because we believe in this God or whatever that's going to judge us and send us wherever. And so we then go on and judge everybody else because, mm. you know, we're, we're expressing that, that belief system. And seriously, when we can let go of that, when we can really understand who we are and what we are and why we're here and, and live in that way, this whole consciousness on this collective will completely change. Mm. And, and, and until that happens and, and, and we evolve to that stage, um, you know, we're still walking through. We're still going on. Yeah, we're still going to keep coming back because we have to. We haven't learned what we're here to learn. And, um, and there is some deep collective karma that needs to be resolved. Yeah. And I think we're seeing it play out in the world, right? Yeah. We're, we're seeing we see it. People say, oh, you know, we're seeing it play out. And I totally agree with you. But it's been playing out in our world for so long. Yeah. You know, thousands of years it's been yeah. playing out in the world. It's not new what we're going through at the moment. And every time we're given another opportunity to do something about it. And uh, and we need to ask ourselves, what are we going to choose this time? What are we going to choose? And I, I just think that's so important. And it, it actually fills me with a lot of hope, Ishtar, because yeah. I see, you know, your school and I see a lot of other collectives out yeah, there that this is, yeah, there's a lot going on. Yeah. And mm. um, I'm really excited when I look to the future. I, Ishta, I want to shift here to a question, another question I want to ask you. And this is this is very personal for me because I'm actually in this, well, all these questions are connected to me in some way, but this one in particular, I've I've seen come up this week a lot. And it's this idea of when we start to open our channel, as we've talked about today, a big part of it is reclaiming coming back to our personal power and realizing our divinity and our divine presence and our connection to source and all these beautiful things. However, as we've also described today, that this process isn't just a, you know, you do it on the weekend and, and, you've, and you've, you've reclaimed it and you're done. There is an education. There's a process of learning in this. And within this process, I've, I've personally had a bit of struggle. And this is what I want to get your thoughts on, Ishtar. Walking this line between going in to get our own answers, but then also going out to seek advice for something that needs to be seen on the outside so I can get more answers. So I guess what I'm saying here is I think you call it the bridge, Ishtai, going out to see the bridge to come back to our own, our own inner knowing that we are having trouble with. So just to summarize this, Ishtai, I'm wondering if you could speak to how do we walk the balance between 
coming back to our own divine presence, our own higher self, our own channel, and also knowing when to seek support from someone outside of us to go deeper into that. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, I understand what you're saying. No, you know, I think if you want to open your channel or any sort of, you know, spiritual work, if you really want to dive deep, because, you know, we're talking about advanced vibrational frequency work here. And it's not basic, you know, spiritual 101, but we all need to have teachers and we all need to practice. Um, finding the bridge between our physical life and our spiritual life is really important. And that's part of what I teach, um, in particularly in the Master's Way, which is a self mastery course. And that takes three years to do. You know, you're talking about open to channel, then year and a half. So the self mastery takes three years to do. So, um, and, and it really requires practice. And I'm constantly saying to students, you're only at less than 12. You know, <laughs> you've got another two and a half years to go. And you need to practice. If you're not bringing it into your life every day in some way, then you're not practicing. You need to bring your spiritual work into your life every day. So how do you know when to reach out for support from outside of you? Once again, there's only one answer I'm going to give you for that, Harrison. You go within, you know, I know. You go within and you ask the guidance from your higher self or your divine presence. Do I need to go outside? myself to find the answer to find some support the answer is yes who do i need to go and see who do i need to go and see and the answer will come you know um there's, there's only certain people that i'm ever guided to go and get healings from these days and i wouldn't just go and get a healing from anybody because it's not I'm thinking oh that's good and this is what we need to understand i see so many students say you know they, i call them the the bees and the honey, you know, the bees on the flowers and this flower and that flower. I'm going to try this and I'm going to go to this and I'm going to go to that and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do a little bit of that and I'm going to go over and see that teacher and I'm going to go and do this workshop and I'm going to go and do the retreat. Two things, it's exhausting. Secondly, you'll never dive deep because you're only actually getting little bits of everything and it's all over the shop and there is no one straight stream of consciousness. Yeah. If you're going to dive deep, you need to dive deep into one stream for at least three years. That's really seriously the answer for this question. Because once again, you've been trying, you know, not to, but everyone, all of yeah. us have been yeah. doing this for lifetimes. And I see students sort of suddenly after six months really thinking that it's going to shift everything in six months. Mm -hmm. And you don't want to push it because if you do and Kundalini rises really quickly, then you go into this, incredible blissed out state you haven't got a clue where you are you're no longer anchored on the earth and you actually take maybe three years then just to get out of that state to be present and that's not what you want to do in the process you actually blow all of your filaments of light and that's something you don't want to do because that's that just has ongoing issues you know i've seen that i've worked with students like that and it's so hard to bring them back and not you know to really help them to anchor again so once again, step-by-step step, guidance. If you can't get guidance, go to your teacher and ask for advice and say, look, I feel I need support with this. Um, can you give me some advice on where I need to go for that if you can't receive it for yourself? And that depends. Sometimes we're really good at receiving. Sometimes we're not. And the other thing that I share with students a lot is because I ask students to sit and meditate, as you know, in the Open to Channel class, and I say, you know, ask ask your master, 
and you can go to your master and ask your master because all students in my work are assigned a master. Um, and, you know, and ask your master what's the next step for you. And, you know, they say, oh, they did, I didn't get an answer. I, think, I said, well, sometimes there isn't an answer. Our mind thinks that just because we ask a question, there always has to be an answer. But the thing is, the masters won't give you an answer unless there is an answer. And maybe there's nothing to tell you right now. And they're not going to have a chat just for the sake of it. You know, they're that's not big. interested in that. Yeah. So that's one of our issues sometimes is we just think we're going to get an answer because we ask for it. So, and sometimes the answer is simply just not even words. They just send frequency and ask you to sit in the frequency. And that's going to do more good for you than even receiving an answer because sitting in the frequency of A, your higher self, or B, a master, is just the most amazing thing you can give yourself. Yeah. Thank you for those reflections, Mishtar. A lot of, um, I was just listening to you, and I hope that hit other people's hearts because it was definitely hitting mine. A lot of reminders for myself. And one of the reflections as I was listening is a lot of it for me has been a deprogramming of education systems yeah. and yeah. and also well let me just I'll, let me just speak to that for a second education systems where i feel like i'm constantly being marked wrong or right right so when when i am doing this and 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 there's and there's and this pressure of asking and checking and doing and 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 there's this force of this belief system and these stories that you know they're not real they're illusions but whether it's the inner child we talked about before or even further back ancestral elements, they're there. They're, they're aspects that are sort of taking hold in many ways. So I share that for other people listening. And then there's also, and we've spoken about this today as well, the religious elements, right, that are there that are also saying, look outside of yourself, that are also saying, of course, don't go inwards first, go to the external priest, power, energy for the thing that needs to be seen and acknowledged. So I I share that, one, just from my own acknowledgement, but two, for people listening, these things are entrenched. And, you know, I'm sure we could have a whole other conversation about why they're entrenched, but just the awareness of it, I think, can help us shift and change, right? Ishtar, I'm, I'm really grateful for your time today. And I'm really, I'm, it's, this has helped me in many ways, and I hope it's connected to people listening. I have a couple more questions here and I want to be mindful of your time. The One of the pieces I want to sort of get to here, and we talked about it before with inner child healing and you referenced and I referenced, you know, parts of the inner child that are unhealed or parts of the inner child that are still in that fear or separation energy. But there's also something in relation to the inner child and I've referenced it in your teachings called the cosmic golden child. And this is the, the more spiritual side of the, the inner child that we can connect to that's beyond the fear and the pain that can actually help us connect to more of our divine presence. So I'm wondering if you could share a little bit of this, Ishtar, about the power of the inner child that is not in that fear energy, that's more in that sort of cosmic loving energy. Does that question yeah. make sense? Yeah, and I, I actually have, I'm going to say this, Harrison, too, because the cosmic the cosmic child or even the universal child 
they're not necessarily parts of the inner child, you know, um, and, and not all our inner children are, you know, I mean, pain, although probably for most people we are because as the masters say, you know, any soul that's living on the earth today is probably traumatised who's been on the earth before because it's very hard to live on this planet without getting some sort of trauma. Um, and, you know, I think St. Germain once said that, you know, we all have post-traumatic stress. So, um, And so, you know, and I think that's important to honour because, you know, most of us are struggling and, and it's important to honour that, not to think that you can't, you shouldn't be struggling. Most people on this planet, most souls on this planet are because it's a challenge being here. And the cosmic child is actually the cosmic Christ child. It's actually the Christ of consciousness of your being. The masters called them child because we are the child. The we are the children of God. So you know, it's it's not really recognised as part of the inner child. It's it's a separate consciousness mm. with our being. That's a whole different stream. But the inner child is, and I, I think I prefer to talk about the inner child because Please. I I I train people. I, the masters gave me a, a, a you know healing modality around the inner child quite a long time ago, which I've now shared with a, with a, a several healing practitioners that I trust. And so they do this work. And when we do this work, we connect with the inner child. And there's several things that have come out of this that it's really important, this knowledge of the inner child, is to understand that the inner child is that part of you up to the age of six or seven. And, you know, it's, it's not just in this lifetime. It's part of you that has existed up to that age through mm-hmm. several numerous lifetimes. Mm-hmm. And as we know, a lot of children up to the age of seven have great memories of their past lives or have great experiences of their past lives. And it's not until that physical energy body anchors at about the age of seven that they lose that connection because they're still very connected with all their past lives, particularly in the last one or two. And so that's there. And then when the energy, the physical energy body really anchors on the earth at seven, then that does create a disconnect to that consciousness and you go on because you're more in your physical self. And, and, and that's how it is. But so the inner child and understanding the inner child is working with its karma that has come through from several lifetimes. And so it's, it's very prevalent. And often the parents that you have are there to reflect that karma mm-hmm. to you. And, of course, this isn't taught to parents or to children, that parents are actually there reflecting old karma that you hold that you need to release and yet you just feel that they're causing you more harm and in fact at times they may be but in truth they're really there to help you to release the karma on mm. an energetic level and until we contract yeah and until we understand this consciously um it's 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 very difficult for us when parents are doing this um and so then in a child then um sits in that trauma from past lives coming into this life and you go on to grow up in your physical self as the adult the the parts of your energy move on you become the adult the child remains the child and stuck in that old trauma and sits there and usually you know especially when you get to the age you get to Saturn return age 28 to 32 you start to connect with your soul energy if you do if you choose that and often then the inner child work really comes up, you know, it really because it's been playing out for a long time, but it'll really hit you then. Um, I, and, um, Ishtar, I just have to jump in here because I'm, I'm not sure if you know this, but I'm 
I've, I'm 30 now. Oh, and, okay. No, I didn't know. And, and this was going to be, this is funny to, this is probably funny to other people listening. I, it's exactly what you're saying. Like I've, I've had this, just this almost overwhelming, overwhelming pull to the inner child work that you're describing over the last year, year and a half because of what exactly what you're describing. It's just been, yeah, I just have to validate what you're saying because I'm right now in it, what you're explaining. Yeah, and and, and this is what happens. And, I mean, the inner child has been playing out for a long time and we haven't probably seen it until we start connecting with our soul because the soul begins to awaken um, consciousness within us that we haven't, you know, that we've been blind to. And that's fine because in your 20s you're actually meant to be in the physical world, playing out the physical world and discovering it and, and you don't you need to sort of be so much connected to your to your soul. Although as you know, many people in their 20s now are very connected to their soul energy. But um but the inner child is is feeling firstly, the inner child feels very lost because you've grown up as an adult and you've actually left the inner child behind. Now you know, often you put the inner child in the cupboard or you and you've locked them locked them away. And so they're feeling abandoned and rejected by you more than anything else, you know, in their trauma. And they feel that they've been left to deal with this trauma to sit in this trauma while you've gone, you've moved on ahead. And so often we find that there's a very angry inner child there that's really angry with you because you're no longer um you're not supporting it. So a lot of the work that we do actually is there to help. Um, the child and the adult self, which is you, to come together and for the adult self to start holding that inner child and bringing that inner child because we want to bring the inner child to the adult self. We don't want the adult self to become the inner child. We want the inner child to become, Mm. you know, to merge with the adult self. And that means that there has to be a lot of love and compassion and gentleness there from the adult to the child. And that can often be difficult when we're in our adult self going, I'm all grown up now and I don't want to be part of my child self, I'm going to endure it. So there's that sort of stuff. And then, of course, a lot of the other work we do with the inner child is we also go back and look at the records that are held that are causing a lot of this, not just in the past lives. But in past lives. And we and we work with resolving that old karma. And so there's there's a really big thing. It's not just looking at the records, the biggest part of the work is resolution of bringing resolution to that karmic consciousness that is held by the inner child. And, you know, the inner child work that we do takes eight months to a year to to do a regular work, Um, but it's really powerful and we've seen so much shift and change with it Mm. um, with with people, you know, clients that we're working with. And so, you know, I think there's five practitioners around the world now that I've trained to do this work uh, because it's very it's very precise work it's energetic in nature but um if not done properly it can also cause damage so you really need to be with a somebody a practitioner who knows what they're doing so i might have to talk to you about this off off recording is child yeah, you, you, yeah. you're really getting me excited about it um thank you for that thank you for that all that education there that's um dominoes are moving over in my head and just for people listening if you've listened to this show for any amount of time you know the importance of this work and I'm going to put all of my past episodes for people tuning in in the show notes so you can go back and listen to some of the other episodes I've done on the inner child and uh, it's just it's just so interesting that you described that about the anchoring of the soul and the, the presence of the inner child because it just 
it so resonates with how my channel and going back to the channel, you know, this is not, these aren't separate things, right? These, these are the exact, you know, we talked about the start of this conversation. These are the exact uh, lower frequency aspects in fear and in pain and sadness that are going to stop us from channeling the higher frequency parts of ourselves. Right. So I'm a, I'm in it right now. Ischa, I, uh, like I said, I've really enjoyed this conversation. I'm really grateful for you. I have one more question that I want to ask you, but before I get to that, I would actually love to give you a bit of space here now, if you feel open to it. What I tend to do with people like you, lightworkers, intuitives, channels, is for you to stand in the opportunity of maybe sharing some of these gifts, sharing a bit of this channel if you feel open to it and anything that wants to come through. I know sometimes some beautiful messages might be wanting to express themselves. So I'm wondering, is there anything that you wish to share with us? And I'll just ask, I feel that, you know, what I'm receiving is so much has already been shared with you because even what I've shared with you has come through, you know, the wisdom of the masters. Everything I've shared has come through from the wisdom of Mm. the masters. It's not my wisdom. It's what they've taught me and what I've been teaching for 20 years now all all around the world. And I think one of the biggest things, and I want to share this, and this comes from my heart and comes from the wisdom that I hold, is that the gift of coming to honour and acknowledge the divinity of you is one of the greatest gifts you can give yourself. Mm. And... Yes, this takes a little time, but allow that time because in that time you get to know yourself more and never be frightened of knowing yourself because there is so much within you that you will discover that is filled with light, filled with love, filled with wisdom. And each one of us, has been given free will, and this free will is honoured by the source consciousness, the creation energy of this universe. And it's never judged. But it's very important to understand that when our free will is driven by our mind and our ego, it doesn't always hold our highest potential. And so if you really wish to live your life through your highest potential, then open yourself to the path of deep connection with the divine self of you, with your divine spirit. And don't do it through your mind or your ego. Do it through your connection, through your consciousness. Don't let your mind or your ego create your divine self because your divine self already exists. It doesn't need your mind or your ego to create it. And let go of any dictates that you have to walk a certain way, be a certain way, speak a certain way to be spiritual. In every moment you already are spiritual because you are a divine spirit. In every moment. And your divine spirit is simply waiting patiently for the day when you make the choice to connect with it and to allow it 
to walk with you in your life on the earth. It's not for you to set aside a day and become spiritual on that day. It is to open your heart to the spirit that you already are and to be your spirit every day. So let go any beliefs of what that should be and how that should look for you. Simply open your heart and make that connection each and every day and just let your spirit be present, no matter what you're doing. When you're making love, when you're washing the dishes, when you're out walking the children, when you're at work in the office, when you're out dancing at the movies, it doesn't matter. Let your divine spirit be present with you in its way, not in your mind's way. And if you do that, you will always find your highest potential in life. And the more your divine spirit is present, the more you will find grace and ease walk in your life. Blessings to each one of you, to each heart that we're speaking to. Open your heart to yourself. Know yourself. Love yourself. Thank you. Blessings. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that, Ishtar. I just want to have a big smile on my face as you were sharing that for many reasons, but also because I think, you know, what you just did highlights beautifully what we've been, one of the main points we've talked about today of, I know that you started off by sharing that no master channel was coming through, but what ended up coming through was more of Ishtar, just Ishtar being her beautiful, powerful self. So I just want to say, Thank you for showing us an example of what that looks like. And it's a reminder to me to keep coming back to that channeling of more parts of me rather than looking for that external thing to channel. You know, it's, that's the message. So thank you, Ishtar. I, I love you very much. I want to give you quick space here now to share with anyone, anyone listening, if they want to get in touch with you, they want to learn more about your beautiful mystery schools and all the things you're doing in the world, what um what would you love to share with people too so they can find out more? Oh, okay. Um, you can just go to my website, uh, www.ishtarmasterchannel.com and uh, you can go and look at the courses. We have several schools. We have the, the Master's Way, which is a three-year self-mastery school it's a really fabulous foundational course it changes lives it's taught in french and english um it's taught in many countries around the world by teachers so really really life-changing course um open to channel which is really if you want to start channeling your higher self this is the course to do it's a school um and it's also run in french and english and it's taught by several teachers around the world and then of course um my, my more recent school, which is part of the One Heart, it's a two-and-a-half-year school. Um, it's for light workers who really want to uh, manifest their mission on earth and are struggling at this time to do that. It gives you a strong foundation and it gives you clear direction on your mission and how to put it into practice. 
They're the three schools that we're running. And, of course, um, we have Universal Race Healing, which is a healing modality, um, which um, where the practitioners learn to channel the rays from the masters directly, and that is profound. That is really profound and, and changes consciousness. And as a master's day, when you change consciousness, healing happens. For people listening, everything that Ishtai just talked about, I'm also going to put in the show notes. So you can go, if you're watching this on YouTube or Apple or Spotify, you can go into the description and you'll see the links to go straight to Ishtar's uh, programs and her courses. And I'm just going to say from my heart, for everyone that listens to this show, if you followed me for any amount of time and you resonate with what I teach, this beautiful woman and all of the things she brings to this world, it will interest you. So definitely follow the pool if it's something that you're feeling called to. Ishtar, my last question here before I let you go to for the rest of your day is, you know, my show is the Cosmic Love Antenna. And it is really when I'm channeling my higher self or connecting into my divine presence, or as I was just listening to your beautiful expression from your heart, the thing that connects us, that binds us together, that brings us together is love. And I'm wondering, Ishtar, how do you how do you personally define that love word yourself? Mm. Once again, another big question, Harrison. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, love is it, and this is a word that's really bandied around in spiritual circles and everywhere on the earth because we, you know, everything's about love. We have stories about it, write books about it, sing songs about it. We talk about it with each other constantly about love, but the but the most part on the earth. Our love is very conditional. You know, I will love you if, and if you don't do this, I can't love you anymore. So there's a lot of this conditional love. Unconditional love is, is what I prefer to focus on. And the masters have always said to us there are three steps to create unconditional love. And unconditional love is not an action. It is actually a state of being. It's a vibration that you create. But you need three actions to create it. The first one is to honour and acknowledge what is, whatever it is that's coming into your life, what's coming up for you, whatever it is, whatever you're meeting on any level, is to honour and acknowledge it. The second step is to accept it for what it is, whatever it might be. And sometimes the most challenging is to come into acceptance. And the third step is to embrace it back to light, if either it is light or it isn't and embrace it back to light, bring your light and wrap it around it, whatever it is. They're the three steps of action to unconditional love. And when you do those steps, then you will find unconditional love. And until you do those steps, you're sitting in third dimensional love. So, yeah. Ishtar, I am already planning to go listen back to this episode multiple times. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that beautiful description. Thank you for spending time with me today. I've, I've, I've learned so much and this was my intention was just to come in with an open heart and communicate and share with you. And, uh, you know, I, I'll just share this too. I was quite nervous coming onto this call and I was, uh, you know, a lot of things were coming up. That's why I meditated and I just feel so full of love now. And I know that's a big part of me and my presence, but it's also the beautiful reflection of love that you are in this world. So Thank you for your time and thank you for spending so much deep mystical presence with us. Thank you, Harrison. It's a joy. It's always a joy to connect with the heart. Thank you very much. 
Beautiful souls. Thank you for giving us your time, your energy, your attention out there in the podcast world. If this episode brought you some value, brought you some guidance, please share this out far and wide. But until next time, we send you love, we send you light, and we'll see you again very soon. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Cosmic Love Antenna with me, your host, Harrison. If you gain value or this episode hit your heart, please remember to share this out with a friend, a family member, or a lover. You can also leave your love over on Apple Reviews and Spotify star feedback, and this helps me spread my frequency to more souls in need. Finally, if you want to connect with me deeper, want to reach out, interested in coaching, please follow me on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and LinkedIn at Harrison Ma, Ma spelled M-E-A-G-H-E-R. Sending you so much love. Have you ever wondered what actually happens in Congress every day? Stay informed on Capitol Hill's daily happenings with a concise, factual summary of the Senate and House of Representatives activities from the previous session, free from bias, on the Congressional Record Daily Digest podcast. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and discover the process from the heart of U.S. politics. The Congressional Record Daily Digest, an electric cast production. Hey there, fabulous souls. I'm Stephanie Baklaan. And I'm Eden Alpert. And we're the hosts of the brand new podcast, Unapologetically Fab. Get ready to join us on an amazing and real journey as we dive into life after 40 and own it. We're all about changing the narrative, leaning into who you are, and living a life by your own design. Join us as we embrace life unapologetically and redefine success. This is Unapologetically Fab. An Electric Cast production. See you there.